You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, we're Squawking with Hawkins. We are indeed. Uh, at the Marie, Aaron. Good morning. How are we today? Oh, very good, thank you. Beautiful spring morning, isn't it? It is. It really is. The sun has come out to play. It was really, well, obviously it was quite dark when I left the house this morning at half past five. Um, but, um, Not that seasons exist anymore, really, but, you know, we can keep pretending. We can keep pretending. I know. I was just keep, you know, because I, I, I catch the bus every day and I keep thinking, man, it, it doesn't rain anymore. Well, it does. It just uh, rained a lot all at once. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess so. I guess so. Right, anyway, um, let's move on to some things. Um, how how many interests do you have in your COVID-19 tracing app? And uh, do you think it's working well in the city? How many how many entries do I have? Yeah. yeah well, I've certainly started living my life more like uh, I want my diary of movements read out <laughs> on national television at 1 o'clock. Um, uh, not, not too many. I tend to be in the same place for an extended period of time. And, I mean, I was as guilty as, as anyone of not uh, of not doing it. Not, um, and it was, you know, here's one for Jerry Brownlee's interesting series of chats. Um, it, was, it was the weekend before um, the the latest community transmission outbreak in, in Auckland. And I, I thought, you know, these are the habits we should probably be developing in peacetime rather than in wartime. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, we went out for lunch at a busy... Uh, eateries and over the entire time that I was there that day I didn't see a single other person using the COVID tracer app and that made me nervous and then I started noticing going to places where they didn't even have them and asking people and people saying oh we just took them down because no one was using them um, obviously what's happened since then has sharpened people's focus and certainly you know seeing a um, a greater uptake of it but I think still here in the there is a degree of complacency because um, people don't see themselves as, as being uh, at risk, particularly since the flights in and out of Auckland uh, have stopped. But um, I, I would urge people to take a different view um, and uh, and be um, far more rigorous. If not through the through the app for whatever reason you are unable to run that, then at least keep a very thorough paper diary of your movements in case that, in case it's needed. Yeah, that's right. Indeed, indeed. Um, right, um, Three Waters, Two Companies sounds like a bad sitcom. Um, tell us about Three Waters and why you are negotiating uh, with uh, what looks like just Fortin Hogan and Downer for the majority of the work. So we, we have a significant, uh, we have contracts of significant scale uh, in, the, in the Three Waters space and generally these get tendered out and uh, the first one will go to Downers, and then the next one will go to Fulton Hogan, and then the next one goes to Downers, and so on and so forth, because uh, they are the only um, outfit here locally that uh, that operate at that scale. And and from the work that they pick up, they subcontract other smaller firms uh, to do that. And so, rather than pretend that another that a third significant party was going to come out of the woodwork, um, it seems like a more um, efficient model to negotiate directly with those two, making sure that you know quantity surveys are involved to make sure that the work is valued at a decent rate and we can set limits 
uh, around you know the, the amount of work that gets passed on to smaller firms through some contracting and and we save ourselves uh, a pile of work on the way through and the companies a pile of work on the way through and and going through the tender process which is not insignificant it's not all of our work um so there is still there are still opportunities um you know through the through the rest of the work program that isn't covered by those um big contracts for for smaller firms uh, to do that and regardless of what you may have read uh, this is you know we was certainly very upfront and 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 what the implications of that might be through the through the commerce commission and nobody's raised any concerns uh, that i was that, that i'm aware of but you know that's in a nutshell that's the, the logic so the commerce commission was aware of what was going on or yeah as far as i, as far as I know yeah you know, there's been no no red flags raised on that front all right, I catch the bus every day, uh, and I'm going to be paying eight cents more to catch uh, each bus trip soon. That's fine; it's eight cents, and I can walk if I want to. Uh, but some people can't walk. Uh, disabled yeah. people, you know, that catch the bus every day, twice a day, they're going to be paying more than two hundred dollars a year extra. Uh, and you know, that might not seem much to some, but it is a lot to others. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been working to to rectify this. How's that going? So the, the the regional council made their decision around what the and this is a, a trial they're calling it for their flat fare um, structure, which will run from the first of September when the B card launches through until the end of this calendar year, and that is what's going to be two dollars uh, for all trips or a dollar fifty for children. Uh, they revised that down. The child's rate's now only a dollar twenty, which means but it's still uh, I think five cents more for the single zone trips. Not ideal, but. You know, like your eight cents, you can kind of deal with that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bigger issue is, as you say, uh, people who would have qualified as what we call go card extra users, which are effectively people with um, with disabilities and and, and other. Um, it, it was a concession rate, and for them, um, it's, I think it goes up about thirty cents a trip um, for for short trips. And if that's you getting from your house to the supermarket and back, yeah, as you say, over the course of a year, that is. Or, however many months this is, that is uh, significant. And, and unfortunately, the decision that the ORC made was that trying to address that anomaly um, was too hard, uh, or at least um, was put in the too hard basket to be resolved in time for the 1st of September. Um, but what we uh, are, are still committed to doing as, as a council was trying to remedy that, and and we still have $600,000 set aside in our budget for this current financial year and, and um, we are certainly um, going to have reactive conversations with uh, the regional council and NZTA about what does it look like from the 1st of January uh, and you know, and, and we are prepared to put money up if it means that we can resolve the issues of you know, as you say, our, our most vulnerable communities, people that don't have the luxury of transport choice you know, it's, it's, you know particularly children, so I can drive to the movies instead, um, you know, and that is something that we that we want to do, and there's certainly a, a willingness, uh, I think, at the at the regional council to, to have that discussion, so we've got, I guess, between now and the end of the year to try and fix that. Yeah, and if you're talking about the lower economic socialist um, area, sorry, um, yeah. you know, students, students, you know, why aren't they kids anymore? Is it because they've left home and they're cooking their own meals, which is just nachos every night? 
mean, this might be controversial opinion for your listenership, but I'm I'm not convinced that students are the the, the community of greatest need in the city, and, and I'm uncomfortable with a system that uh, gives has been and gives concession rates or discount rates to tertiary students, but not for um, people who are out of work or looking for work who don't qualify for for concession rates. So um, certainly I think, I mean, ultimately the answer is uh, making your public transport system free for, for people to use it, right? I mean, at, at which point all of these discussions become somewhat academic. Um, but in the meantime, I mean, uh, in the meantime, our focus and my focus is on resolving um, the perverse outcomes for uh, for communities of greatest need, and from there uh, we can work on. Um, I mean, and so I mean, this is significant. This is the most significant uh, decision that's been made about the affordability of our public transport network, certainly in the entire time I've I've lived in the city. And it's, it's just a shame that um, that the the trade-offs to make that happen came at the expense of people who are least able to absorb that. And we've got a window now to to fix that as we continue along a trajectory of, of making it easier and, and more affordable for people to use our bus network. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, all right, we'll leave it there. I know you're a busy man this morning. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks, Jamie. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again soon. You too. Cheers. All right, Aaron Hawkins there, the mayor of our fine city, Otapoti, working really hard um, to get those concessions uh, for people that need them, which I think is a great and honourable thing to do. $200, like I said, doesn't seem like a lot to um, to some, but to others it is quite a chunk of coin. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.